everyone. Welcome to TN Tehillim. It's my greatest pleasure to be here with you tonight. Of course, having a Tehillim in front of you is always helpful. And we're going to delve into Perak Kof Hei, 105, chapter 105. So this Perak was composed on the day that David HaMelech brought the Aron Kodesh to Yerushalayim where it was installed with a great ceremony, with an honorable ceremony, in its temporary dwelling in Yerushalayim until it would be put by his son in the future into the Beis HaMikdash. So while the Aaron was kept in this temporary place, the Levim sang this parak Kofhe every morning. In this parak, David HaMelech demonstrates the importance of looking back and remembering the things that Hashem has done on our behalf. Tonight, we too will find the benefits of looking at Hashem's kindness that has happened in the past, and we're going to talk about some new ideas related to this topic that we can adapt into our lives as we strive to reach higher levels of emuna, gratitude, simcha, and a general sense of well-being. If anybody's wondering, just in case anyone's wondering, why Tehillim seems to be repetitive in a certain way. It seems to be overlapping so much by talking about these concepts of Amuna through so many different lenses and different angles. And I just want to remind you that this is exactly the way Hashem wants it to be. It says in the Torah, You should know today, you should know about Hashem today, and you should re- return it to your heart every single day. Multiple times a day. Constantly return it to your heart. That Hashem is the ultimate. That Hashem is the God. And it's, so it's not a one-time piece of information like the multiplication tables. Two times two. You know, you learn it once and it's over. That's it. You're done. Or if you're like me, you have to learn it a bunch of times. But you get my point. This is something that has to be constantly re absorbed and relearned. And so Tehillim looks at Emuna at, from all different angles. And tonight's angle is something different. Tonight's angle is about not taking things for granted that, you know, so many kindnesses and so many miracles happen for us. Not, to, not taking it for granted, but actually going back and remembering it. And we're going to see tonight also in this parak the benefits of doing this. Okay, so let's look at Pasuk Aleph. It's a long parak. So we're going to do the first few pesukim, and then we're going to skip around a little bit. Pasuk Aleph. Hodu Hashem, kiru b'shmo, hodiu va'amim alilosav. Give thanks to Hashem, declare his name, make his acts known throughout the nation. So David HaMelech is telling all of the Jews throughout the generations that, Jews, it is your sacred mission to spread Hashem's holy Torah throughout the earth. And uh, my mother told me today that there's a New York Times article, I didn't read it yet, of Hasidim that were lining up to, the, you know, huge droves of Hasidim that were lining up to give plasma, and that it was a very big Kiddush Hashem. And this is a beautiful example of this Pasuk, Hodiu Ba'amim Alilosav. Let's be messengers who are letting the world know about Hashem's goodness, who are sanctifying and glorifying Hashem here in this world through our words, through our actions, through our manners, we have to be mindful of how other people are viewing us, just like you wouldn't want your child walking out in public, looking messy, embarrass you. It would be like a reflection of, of, of yourself as a person, as a mother. So we too, it's our job as Jews, who everybody knows we have that special connection with Hashem, 
we have to make sure not to misuse it. So the interesting thing here is that it says, for, the, for a Jew, Hodu Lashem Kiru Bishmo. For us, it's enough. We, we're, we're praising and thanking and acknowledging Hashem just through his name, just by the fact that he's because of he's Hashem. But for the Amim, Hodiu Amim Alilosa, for the other nations of the world, it's not enough for them to just know he's Hashem and to just have that Emunah Pshuta. They need to actually see. They need to see Alilosa. They need to see Hashem's great acts through us, his messengers here in this world, through his representatives, in order to really praise him. Pasuk Beis, Shiru lo, Zamru lo, Sichu b'chol Sing to him, make music to him, speak of all of his wonders. So Shir is referring to singing with our voice. Zamru is Zemer, is music. And Sichu b'chol is a topic that we've spoken about a bunch of times, about speaking about Hashem's wonders. We spoke about finding evidence for Hashem taking care of us in our life. We spoke about different hashkacha pratis, ways of seeing hashkacha pratis in our life. And the Malbim says that the words here in Nefla'osav is specifically referring to the things that happen to us that are not just some regular day-to-day things, things that are lamala midarachateva, things that are extra special. We should make sure to talk about them. And when we do this, when we speak about Hashem's act of kindness to us and his nisim, the malach ayasharis, when they hear us doing this, they have a nachat ruach and they praise Hashem and they tell Hashem, look, look at the nation that you chose. Look, look how amazing they are. And as a result of this, Medrash Shochet Tov says, "Call me Shemaskir Neflosav Yisparach Hakadosh Baruch Hu Osalonisim." Anybody who's going to mention and speak about the Neflos Habore, the wonders and the miracles that happened for him, is going to bring about Nisim, Osalonisim. Pasuk Gimel: His Halu B'Shem Kacho Yismachli V'Mavakshe Hashem. Glory is His name. Be glad of heart, you who seek Hashem. And so, his hallelujah, we are praised up in Shamayim. And because we are praised, and because Hashem hears about us mentioning all of the things that he did for us, he's going to do nisim for us, and yismachlev, we're going to be happy. Because if we have a sorrow, if we have an issue, we know that Hashem is going to exercise his mercy and make a miracle for us as a, as a, as a merit, because, because of what we did, because of all of the praise and all of the things that we made sure to remember. In the next two psukim, we're going to strengthen this point even further. Search out Hashem and His might. Seek out His presence always. So the, the words dirshu and bakshu and, 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 you know, we should search and we should seek. And, and in, the, in Pasuk Gimel, we said, Mevakshe Hashem, that those who seek Hashem. So it, interesting, it doesn't say, Ohave Hashem or Yireh Hashem, people who love Hashem, who fear Hashem. It says, Mevakshe Hashem, the people who seek Hashem. And the lesson here is that we, we can only seek to do good. We can only seek to do mitzvot. We can only try our hardest. Ultimately, whether they come to fruition is in Hashem's hands. And, we just, and it, it's just reminding us here that if we try, but it doesn't end up panning out, Hashem considers it as if the mitzvah was fulfilled. He fulfills it for himself. He, does, he, he fulfills the mitzvah for you, and it's considered like it was done. It's a nice point. The Svarno says that the more you seek out Hashem's concern and surveillance, search out Hashem and his might, the more you seek him out. 
for his, to, to protect you, the stronger and the mightier his concern for you will be. Rabbi Gabriel says that the word panav, his presence, refers to the mercy of Hashem. His rachamim. So how do we merit Hashem's mercy? So we already spoke about it, but here it is again, very loud and clear. Remember his wonders that he wrought, his marvels and the judgments of his mouth. By remembering all that he has done for you is how you invoke Hashem's rachamim. Like we said before, that Hashem brings, if you're, you're Hashem brings, he brings you, Nisim, and he and you'll be a, a yismach leave, and you'll be happy. So, what's the connection between why? Like, what's the connection between remembering what Hashem did for us and receiving mercy from Him? If your child comes over to you and asks you for a toy, for a new toy, and and the way they preface it, their request is by saying, "Mommy, you never give me anything. Every time, I always want new things, and you never buy me anything. You're always buying everything for everyone else and not me." How is this going to make you feel as a mother? Are you going to want to buy them what they want? No. You're going to feel closed up, and you're going to feel like, I never want to buy you anything ever again. But when your child is feeling content and taken care of, and you know they remember, and they don't just forget about and take for granted all the good things that you're doing for them, your heart opens to them. You want to give them. You want to do for them. So the same goes for Hashem. And this is a principle that really we could, we could understand because we see it in our own life. Recounting Hashem's miracles awakens our, awakens our gratitude in us, and it also ups our belief in Hashem taking care of us in the future. So because it's upping our gratitude and our emuna, and we know from last class that gratitude and emuna are the, are the secrets to joy, that, 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 that brings blessing into our life. So therefore, if I recount the kindness of Hashem, it's going to put me in a better emotional state, in a joyful state, and thus I will merit to be that match, to be the match for blessing, and I will merit His mercy and receive more and more kindness. Okay, so from here, the entire rest of the parak now is going to be a record of all the miracles that Hashem performed when he was making us into his nation, it goes from the time of the Avos, when Hashem promised them Eretz Yisrael, to when Yosef was sent down to Mitzrayim, and it describes how he stocked up food to, you know, for the Jews, and because there was food in Mitzrayim, that's how the Jews ended up getting to Mitzrayim, which is where they were destined to be. Hashem needed them to be there so they could be slaves for Paro. And it goes through all the incredible makos and all the miracles in the midbar with the water with the, that came out of the rock and with the man and the slav. And finally, the fact that Hashem brought them into Eretz Yisrael, that he gave us the gift of Eretz Yisrael. So this is the rest from here till the rest of the parak is going to be discussing all of these. It's going to get into the specifics of all these types of miracles that went on. So we're going to skip through the psukim. Just to get a gist, we're going to skip around to get a gist of the greatness of the miracles that David is recounting. And I just want to set an intention, let us all set an intention, that by strengthening our amuna, by, by looking into Hashem's miracles that he performed for our ancestors, and by, through this, becoming more mindful of the miracles that we experience on a day-to-day basis, and becoming more, and believing more in the miracles that we will be experiencing in the future, we should therefore merit to enter into healthier, happier, easier times very soon. So let's set that as an intention that as we are as we talk of Hashem's 
miracles and wonders. Yismach Hashem. He should make our hearts happy as we enter into better times. Okay, so let's skip to Pasuk Chav Aleph. Samo Adon Leveso Umosel Bechal Kenyano. He appointed him master of his palace and ruler of all his wealth. So what's going on here? This is talking about the fact that Paro appointed Yosef. Paro lifted him up from being a slave to being a king, which is really unheard of. Normally, uh, people have to rise up slowly in, 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 in the ranks. But he went straight from being a slave to a king, and he was in charge of everything, Paro's palace and his the whole kingdom, and Paro really granted Yosef every desire that he wanted. He really trusted him, and he put, he put all of his faith in him, and he gave him all the power. And the other people who were working for Paro were, were angry. The other people were angry. They, were, they started to rebel against Yosef. Let's look what happened. Pasuk Chafbez la'esar sarav benafsho uzkena v'chakem, to imprison his princes, at his whim and make his elders wise. So what happened when Yosef finally came into his full power and he became the Mishnah Lamelech, he imprisoned all of these antagonists who were trying to take him down. Pasuk Chavdalet, Vayefer es amo ma'od, we're skipping now to Chavdalet, Vayefer es amo ma'od v'yatimehu mitarav, Hashem made his nation exceedingly fruitful and made them mightier than their oppressors. So the Radak says this is referring to the fact that we multiplied in Egypt so fast. There was, women were having six babies at a time. And we got to the point where we were more mighty. And the word Vayefer here is from the root, the same word as Paru, Paru Vayishritu. We multiplied. The end of Pasuk Chavchas says, Velo Maru Estevaro, and they did not defy his word. Who is this talking about? Who did not defy his word? So the fact that when Hashem created the Makos, he summoned a vast array of creatures and, and natural forces to execute his punishments against the Mitzrim. And even though Hashem was asking them to do something that was totally against their nature, they all complied and they did what they were being told. So, and they did not defy his words. That's what it means. That all the forces of nature that, were, that Hashem called upon to be his messengers against the Mitzrim, they all did what they were told. So the frogs were going into hot ovens. And wild animals were leaving their remote habitats and coming to the land of Egypt. Their land swarmed with frogs in the chamber of their king. So this is another example of, the, of Hashem's creation that went against their own nature, things that went against nature. The Midrash Shochar told relates that the frog, the Tzvardeya, he stood before the slab of marble that was blocking him from entering the king's palace, right? The king's palace was made out of the most expensive material. And how on earth could a frog get in there? How is that even possible? I'm sure they had all the windows and doors locked shut. But the frog stood before the slab of marble that was blocking him, and he declared, Make way, I am a messenger of God. And the marble crumbled before him. Unbelievable miracle. Pasuk Lamed Aleph. Amar vayavo arov kinim He spoke, and hordes of beasts arrived. So Hashem spoke a single word, and this prompted hordes of dangerous wild animals to stampede through the land of Egypt. Unbelievable. Pasuk Lamed Ches. Egypt was glad at their departure, for their fear had fallen upon them. So the Midrash tells us both the Jews and the Mitzrim were fed up. They all, everybody wanted the Jews already to leave. Everyone was waiting for them to leave. But till now, we didn't know who was happier, 
you know, who, who is happier that the Jews, Jews are leaving, the Mitzvah or the Jews? But from this parak, the Midrash tells us, we see Samach Mitzrayim, the Mitzvah were happier that we left because that's how difficult and that's how Nafa Pachtan, they were so afraid of the Makos. Imagine, the Jews were slaving away in Mitzrayim for over 200 years, but at the end of the day, it was those Makos that, uh, that really were so bad that the Mitzvah just wanted to get us out. Pasuk Lamites, Paras, Anan Lamasach, Laila, he spread out a cloud for shelter and a fire to illuminate the night. So when the Jews were traveling in the Midbar, there was a cloud we know that went before them, like a screen of smoke, Paras, it was spread out. It was spread out like a curtain in front of them. And when they camped, it went above their head and it became like a protective umbrella. The Asif says about the words laila and a fire to illuminate the night, he says that the fire, interesting, it radiated, it radiated light, radiated light, we know fire is very hot, but since the Jews were in the desert and Hashem didn't want them to be uncomfortable, no heat came out of this fire, only light. It's another miracle. Pasuk Mem, they asked and he brought meat and bread from heaven, stated them. So Hashem gave the Jews spiritual nutrition from heaven. He didn't want them to become lustful creatures. But ultimately, you know, they were human beings. And when their bodies were craving a physical sensation of, of, of pleasure from food, they got meat to eat as well. Pasuk Memdalit, He gave them lands of nations. So not only did Hashem take them out of slavery, but He gave them their own land that was promised, the land of Eretz Yisrael. He promised that it's going to be our land. And He took them there. Pasuk Yishmuru, so that they might safeguard his statutes and observe his teachings, praise God. So the land of Eretz Yisrael was given to the Jews. From here we see, it's, it was given to the Jews. Why? So that we could perform his mitzvot and we could learn his Torah happily and have our own place to live. And this is why, this is the, the fact that there was a celebration here of the installation of the Aaron in Yerushalayim demonstrates it just it demonstrates to us that this is the whole reason why we were given the land to begin with, to celebrate the the the, the Aron had the luchos inside to celebrate the Torah to celebrate the mitzvot. This is why we were given this land. And the message for us here is a message here that we can take for our own life. Hashem is always standing ready to provide for our material needs, so that the effort that is required to take care of our physical needs. Don't stand in the way of our spiritual excellence. Hashem wants us to be here to, to improve ourselves in a spiritual sense. And so he's going to give us, that's why he gives us all the materialism in our life to help us on that path. So that we shouldn't be so busy constantly dealing with our, you know, protecting ourselves in a material sense. So we should all look at our lives and, and, and look, we, we, it's incumbent upon us to, to see how Hashem takes care of our physical needs. And, you know, everyone has their things that come easy to them. There's always, everyone has something that comes to them easily. There's always something. What is that thing? Did you ever notice it? Did we pay attention to it? How could we use that as a way to give back? How can we use our material things and our material comforts for a higher cause? Just some food for thought. Okay.
So the main theme of this parak is the act of remembering all that Hashem has done for us. We spoke about the fact that recounting the past miracles done on our behalf strengthens our amuna, strengthens our gratitude, which brings us simcha and which attracts miracle, more miracles and yeshuos and everything that we want to us. So how can we bring in our recollections of the past into our lives in a simple and easy and enjoyable way to invoke Rachamei Shemayim and to receive what we need? How can we uh, integrate this beautiful idea into our lives in a way that's doable and in a way that's going to improve our lives? So let's, let's see. I have two ideas. The first one, um, do you ever see... Think about someone that you saw who was in a difficult, a very difficult situation and who seemed okay, who seemed strong and they were handling it and they were dealing with it like really in a, an unbelievable way. And you ask them like, you know, what's, how, are you, how are you handling this? How are you dealing with this? And you'll hear them say something uh, very often, like you'll hear them say something along the lines of the same Hashem who did A, B, and C for me in the past is now going to help me now in the present. And this is really a, a quote, a statement that we, should, we would be very wise to integrate into our lives. Um, just as an example, you know, I, I sometimes wonder, not sometimes, before every class that I prepare, I wonder, what am I going to teach in tomorrow night's class? Like I sit down and I'm like, what? What on earth am I going to teach? Like, didn't I teach everything already? What else is there to know? Like, which other parak am I going to be able to, to talk about or to know about or to, you know, which other messages can I give over? And I remind myself every time, the same Hashem, Yah, the same Hashem who gave you the inspiration and the guidance to write the last class that you wrote is going to give it to you for the next class that you're going to write. And I really have to remind myself this, every single time I sit down to write a class, but it comforts me every time. So another example, if somebody is struggling with Parnassa, right, you want to remind yourself, the same Hashem who gave you what you needed until now is going to continue to give you what you need. And this takes the anxiety level down a lot of notches. And you want to get specific. The same Hashem who did what? What did he do for you in the past? Did he suddenly bring you money that you needed to pay off a debt at the very last moment? Did he let you afford something that you never thought you were going to be able to purchase? What exactly specifically was it that he did for you in the past? Um, so like we say, we say in Nishmas, Adhena Zarunu Rachamecha, until now, Hashem, your rachamim, your mercy has helped us, not our deeds, your mercy. Nothing that we did helped us. It wasn't about our actions. You just, out of pure mercy, you helped us until now. And therefore, we know that your chasadim will never leave us, and you will never abandon us. And this is what this concept is about. Remembering the same Hashem who was there for me in the past is going to be there for me now. And that's what this parak is all about. Okay. Another idea. Number two, once you start getting used to this idea of, you know, opening, broadening your mind that Hashem could really do anything. And I'm remembering past times that he did things for me. So, I, so I'm, I'm in a more trusting place. So now you're ready to imagine getting not only what you need desperately, 
but getting all kinds of other goodies as well. So I just want to give you an example um, before I tell you the process that I'm going to teach you about. Um, I had a friend over with her family, and this was uh, a few months ago. And she was in the midst of dealing with a difficult situation. She was laid off from her job a few weeks prior to that Shabbos when she came over. And she really was very good at her job, and, and she, she had a lot of sipakanefesh from it and a lot of social interaction from it, a lot of fulfillment. And she was feeling down, and it was just a down time. It was like a blah time in her life. And she was in my house, and on Matsu Shabbos, I said to her, um, I said to her, let's talk about, and she's like the, an upbeat, positive type of person. So I felt like I could say this to her, you know. So I said, uh, you know, let's talk about all the good things that are going to be happening to us this week. Why not? Let's play this game. What are the amazing things that are going to be happening? And we discussed that she's going to get uh, some unbelievable job offers that are going to pay her a fortune of money, and that she's going to, all her side, her, she has a side hobby that she loves to do, and she loves it, and we talked about how that could end up taking off somehow since she's not having this other job anymore. Uh, she said she wants to go do, she wants to go skiing this week, and we discussed all the fun things that are going to happen in her life, all the great things that are going to happen in my life, and it was just cute. It was fun, right? We upped our trust. We upped our belief. It was a nice activity. A few minutes later, okay, after this conversation was over, she she came running to me, and she was already out of my out of the room, and she came running back, and she said, "You'll never believe this. I just got an email from someone. She was waiting for a, an approval for a certain thing for her kids that she needed for a very long time already. She was waiting and waiting. She didn't know where it was going to come from. She said, I just got an email in my inbox that it got approved. It wasn't one of the things that she mentioned that's going to happen this week. It wasn't even something that it was in her mind at that time when we were having this conversation of all the amazing things that are going to happen. Opening up your mind, what could happen this week? What are the amazing things that could happen? The act of opening up your amuna like that, it allows you to be a recipient for Hashem's assistance and for Hashem's blessings. And I like to call this, anything can happen, okay? Anything can happen, you know, because we're, we're kind of used to shutting ourselves down. We, we, as I feel like we're used to preparing ourselves for the worst. And as a result... We don't allow ourselves, we don't dare dream to allow ourselves to go anywhere positive in our mind. And maybe somewhere positive, but not somewhere that, like, you know, anything beyond a little bit positive. Like, we're very careful about where we let our brain roam to. And I'm suggesting tonight to try anything can happen. What are the amazing things that could happen to you today? Why not? List it. In the past, you might have thought, well, you know, I don't want to go there. I don't want to set myself up for disappointment. But now, right, as a teen to Hillel Talmida, you know that when you set yourself up for exciting things, you become a match for exciting things. So you're actually drawing it closer and closer into your life by allowing your brain to go there. So you're going to do this process, anything can happen, basically before, any, before, before your day in the morning when you wake up, before an important meeting or an important trip, you're just going to say, you're going to, say what are, you're going to ask yourself, what are some amazing things that could happen today? And you're going to talk about it. You're going to say, today, 
I could end up winning the new Shetel from the Chinese auction. They call me that they just did the drawing, and I won a new, brand new Chevy wig. Or you could say today. Today's going to be my big break. I'm going to get a phone call from uh, some hush of person who's going to offer me some huge position. Or today my kids are going to find some old toy, and they're going to be so fascinated with it. They'll play so nicely. I'll be able to do my work and take care of myself a little bit. Um, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Open your mind to the possibilities of what could be. Something we're not used to, something we don't allow ourselves. Okay, we're, we're up to looking, looking and thinking and expecting the best. Okay, so to review, we spoke about saying things like the same Hashem who, does it, who did that and recount the specific things you're referring to. That same Hashem is also going to do this. And this really puts us at ease. It puts us into a better feeling place. It puts us into a more trusting place. And also the exciting, fun process of anything can happen. It's just such a fun thing to do, and it can open us up to so many different possibilities. So enjoy, and thank you, everybody, for listening. Have a great night.